this year we started out our message for the year in 2023 is God saved the best until now. And that comes from the passage of scripture where Jesus turns the water into wine. And the master of the feast says, you know, you saved the best until now. And I was just thinking about this recently because I was talking to the guy that does the editing for my books. And we're working on a, a new book on the, the Miracle Decade book. And we were just talking about this concept of when Jesus turns the water into wine, about how his mother approaches him and asks him to do something about that they've run out of wine. And Jesus says what? He says, it's not my time. So even though it wasn't the time yet, sometimes we think God's got all these good things stored up for us, but they're way out in the future. Mary, his mother, put a demand on that. We talk about the unlimited, inexhaustible supply. She put a demand on that at the present moment. And he turned water into wine. So there was a turning. He turned water into wine. Turn it around and the best will be found. We've been talking about God's got some solutions for our life that are the best solutions. He keeps them stored in heaven for us for the perfect time. But when is that perfect time? Sometimes we can put a demand on that when we need it. It might be even for a later date, but we can put a demand on it in the moment when we need it. But turn it around and the best will be found. So when I think of the month of March, I think of the Feast of Purim. So Purim is coming up March 6th and 7th. And Purim comes from the book of Esther, where basically a law was written that was going to destroy the Israelite people. And Queen Esther approaches the king and asks him to write a new law that turns the tables. So there's a turning happening that turns the tables. And that new law overrides the old. And so the typical way that Purim is celebrated is they have a fast during the daylight hours. This year it will be on March 6th. A fast during the daylight hours on March 6th and then a feast in the evening. And that symbolizes how quickly God can take us from fasting to feasting. How quickly he can turn the tables. Now there's a couple interesting things in that story of Esther. That in those days once a law was written it could not be undone. But they write a new law. They couldn't undo it, but they write a new law that overrides the old. And that's a picture for us of the old covenant and the new covenant. Jesus says, as long as the heavens and the earth remain, not one dot, not one little piece of that old covenant law, not one piece of it will be abolished or go away. But he came in to bring a new covenant or a new testament that doesn't abolish the old. It sits above it. It turns the tables. And when the new law was written, the king tells Esther, you write whatever you want. You write whatever you want. Jesus tells us, you abide in me. We're just talking about abiding in him. You abide in him. That's where the growth is. That's where the fruit is. But you can also write what you want. You can ask for whatever you want in his name, he tells us, if we abide in him. And so Jesus is... The table turner. We see in the Gospels, he goes in and he flips the tables. He's the table turner. He can turn the tables on our situations, take us from fasting to feasting. He can turn the problems around so that the best can be found. So we have a reminder of that coming up here, really in the next week. we got a reminder of that. Think of it like the turn of the year coming up. Now, 
this time of year, it seems like every year, God reminds me of emotions. So we've got some teaching on emotions in the book, The Cracking Heaven's Code. And we talk about emotions are this gift that God has given us, actually. Emotions are an amazing gift God has given us to help us make adjustments, to give us feedback, to help us make corrections. And we got these emotions on the inside. I like to think of them like powder in the bottom of a glass, kind of like Kool-Aid in the bottom of a glass. And you can stir them up and they get stirred into your system. You can feel those emotions circulating in your system. And we talk about you got you to gotta process and clear those emotions out of the system so that you can get more clarity again. And unpack kind of what's going on because those emotions will give you clues when maybe we're believing something that's not true. Maybe I'm wavering in my faith. I don't have peace. I'm stressed out because I'm looking at the problem just as much as I'm looking at God. I'm magnifying. I'm going back and forth. I'm wavering in my faith. My emotions will give me cues about that. My emotions will tell me when I find something that I really, really like to do. Maybe that's an indication that that's part of my purpose. Or maybe when I find something that I really hate to do, maybe that's giving me clues about what's part of my purpose, maybe things I'm not supposed to be doing. And so our emotions can can lead us and navigate us in some ways. Now, we can't be totally led by feeling and emotions, but they can give us some cues. And we talk about one of the most important keys to emotions is our imagination. The imagination. we got this ongoing video loop on the inside that is just playing and that video whatever we're playing on the inside is generating emotions it's stirring those emotions up within us and we can use our imagination to begin to turn our mind and i was just reminded of this the other day i was talking about it with my kids on the way to school some of you guys have heard this story before we talk about the hot chocolate so i'm making my kids hot chocolate one day and i'm stirring milk in a pot and i'm stirring my spoon and stirring it around and stirring it around and eventually I hear God tell me on the inside, take your spoon out. And the hot chocolate just keeps spinning in that same direction. It keeps spinning. It keeps spinning. Even when I took my spoon out, I had enough momentum going that it kept, it kept turning in the same direction. And then I heard God tell me, put your spoon back in and stir it the other direction. And when I did that, at first, everything kind of went crazy on the inside of the pot there. There's no order. Everything's disordered. The water's kind of in chaos or the milk's in chaos. And eventually I keep turning it and turning it and it starts to spin in the other direction. We got it to turn around. So turn it around and the best will be found. It took some constant stirring. It got that place. We talk about rhythm. We got to that place where that rhythm, we kept stirring. We were consistent with it and it began to turn it around. Now I found that we can do a very similar thing with our mind and imagination and emotions. I found if we got an area of life that's going in the wrong direction, a lot of times you'll find that your mind is spinning in one direction. And it's actually hard to put the brakes on it and actually turn it around and go the other direction. Kind of feels like that chocolate milk at first where it's kind of all chaotic, it's hard to do, but eventually you keep stirring in peace and joy and love and kindness and patience. You keep stirring those in, eventually it becomes automatic. Eventually, you begin to grow confident in that. Now, my kids were also putting this example to use last year. Uh, we had a, a backyard like above ground pool, and it's shaped like a circle. And they're making a whirlpool. They're all running in one direction. And eventually, the water begins to do the same thing. It begins to develop a current in the pool. And it begins to go, and they can pick up their feet, and the water is just carrying them around the pool. Well, they're doing the same 
same principle there. You stir it enough in the right direction, it begins to build up some momentum. But then when they try to stop it and they try to turn it back around the other direction, it's hard. There's a lot of resistance to it at first because they're going against the grain. They're going against the current and they got to begin to turn around. Take some time to get it turning back around in the other direction again. And we were talking about in that pool, I was talking about this with my kids, in that pool, if ever the current is too strong and they want to get out of the current, what do they do? They go to the middle of the pool. They go to the center of the pool. Because it's still and it's calm in there. So think of our bodies. We are spirit. We're soul, which is the mind and emotions, imagination, all that's in the soul. And then our physical body. Well, we feel those emotions spinning in the physical body. But they're getting generated from our soul. So when we get it spinning out of control, if we'll get back to the center, we'll get back into the spirit there. That's where all the peace is, all the joy, all the love, all the good things in there. Get back focused on God again. Single-minded on Him. It can help us to get into that calm place where we can begin to slow those things down. Stop stirring it so it's easier to turn in the other direction. Now, this month we're talking about turning it around. Let's talk about turning problems into opportunities. So we talked earlier before we got on today about getting in those rhythms with God, about Connecting with him first thing in the morning, connecting with him in the evening before bed, getting the day off to a good start, finishing the day well. But then in the middle, we got to make sure to remember that God is with us. If we're going to turn it around, we got to take him into the middle of the day where the turning happens. And just remembering that he's with us. As you encounter problems and issues throughout the day, keeping our focus on him, because sometimes our attention gets split. We get so focused and magnifying the problems, keeping our focus on him. Get into that middle place, that still place where that peace and the joy is in the middle. And also remember that sometimes problems are great opportunities. So God told the people when they went to the promised land, it was going to be a land of hills and valleys. That's ups and downs. And I like to think of it this way, is that when you are going down, you're going into a valley, you're going into a problem. Think of it like riding a bike. As you go down that hill, it's actually helping you build momentum so that the next climb up the hill is actually easier. So it builds up momentum. It turns into an opportunity to get up to the next peak at a faster rate. And I think one of the things to remember, remember, you got God with you. What did the king tell Esther to do? In those times where she had a major problem, her people are about to be destroyed. What was the way out? He told her to write what she wants. So we've got our workbooks. We've got our workbooks this month. Starting of the month in March, if you got the workbooks, there's a sheet in there to start the month of March. Where the first thing we start with is what are the, what are the ways that you saw God come through over the last month? What are the things you saw God do over the last month, the wins, the victories, the testimonies, making sure we record those. And then we're going to write out, what do you want over this next month? What do you want this next month to look like? And I'm always reminded, uh, you know, we talk about write what you want, but God's not some magic genie. 
if we could ask for anything, I began to seek him. I think it was about a year ago. We write what we want. What's the best thing for us to ask for? If we can ask for anything, what's the best thing for us to ask for? And the conclusion I was led to is, God, what I really want is I want to be doing what you say is right and best. I want to be walking out your day, your plan for my life. That's what I really want. Because I trust that if I'm going to do that, it's going to lead to better things. It's going to lead to the best. It's going to turn it around and lead to the best solution that he has. And so just taking some time to get clear on those things, to write those things, get those emotions cleared out so you can get more clear as well. Turning those problems into opportunities. I want to just develop the mindset when we come across a problem. All right, there's an opportunity here. What's the opportunity? How can we turn it around and turn this into an opportunity so that the, maybe the test becomes the testimony? So I'm going to open it up and we can discuss a little bit and